Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. If storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now, it's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but... Ultimately, it's exciting. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like... <laughs> Welcome to the Big Goat Belt Wrestling Podcast. This is Silly Sellers here, back with... Uh, two of the five group, or two of the five out of the group, in addition to myself, so it makes a total of three. Yeah, do some quick math for you guys. Hope you're ready for school. Um, but we're just going to start off some real Welcome to the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. This is Silly Sellers here. Back. <laughs> That's annoying. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when? What happens when you like yourself so much? You got to listen while you're talking at the same time. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Silas. <laughs> My bad. That was that oh. was all me. Okay, start again. <laughs> nah, we're live, buddy. <laughs> oh, we are live. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, welcome to the Big Go Belt Podcast. This is what we <laughs> do live podcast shows across YouTube and off the Twitter Nation. I'm Silly Sellers here with two out of the five members here, in addition to myself. So two plus one makes three out of five. Sixty percent ain't bad. That's passing the school grades. Um, Doctor M, how you feeling today? I'm doing all right. Uh, I don't teach math at all for a reason. And so uh, <laughs> I'm glad you are, are moderating this conversation, but uh, doing all right, ready to talk about uh, what looks like an interesting road ahead in WWE. I think Miss O'Neill will be very upset with you, Dr. M, for saying that, but we'll just make sure that we represent her well. Two chains, how are you feeling? My other Oxen Hill brother. What up? What up, Miss? Who's Miss O'Neill? Oh, you had to, you you missed her. If you didn't have Miss O'Neill at Oxen Hill, who did you have? I knew you had Mr. Tate. Dr. Tate, yeah. I, I had that guy. And then who I had him too. Did you yeah. have Ms. Rob? No, nah, I had Dr. Tate. I had Mr. Ware. Well, where's um, Who else? What was that? Miss Dixon? Was she math? Mm, I didn't have her. Yeah, that that was pretty much it. No, no, yeah. We're just going nostalgic here talking about our old high school days. But um, <laughs> we're, we're here to talk about wrestling here. And, and we had an interesting week of wrestling. Um, we'll start with Raw versus SmackDown. Uh, Undertaker actually made a surprise appearance on Raw in New Orleans, coming back to the place where his undefeated streak was ended at WrestleMania by Brock Lesnar back at WrestleMania 30, where Dr. M and I, along with Aaron and, and the two chains, wasn't in attendance. But I told this before. Uh, when we was actually live there at the show, I immediately text two chains and I asked, "Was that legit?" Because from <laughs> our distance, looked uh, like a, a false finish. But uh, two chains was like, "Yeah, that was legit." Um, and even the angles that they showed on the wrestling show, if you guys all watched it on the network of WrestleMania 30, it was very clear that Undertaker did lose. So. Even though Undertaker, I think, is officially a SmackDown member, he did make his appearance on Raw just to say that he was announcing the Rumble. And then we had John Cena and Baron Corbin in the main event on SmackDown. So, Dr. M, I'm going to come to you. From your overall perspective of how Raw and SmackDown went, let me not forget, we have a new U.S. champion on Raw. Who would you say got the win this week? Uh, definitely SmackDown to me. Um, Raw wasn't bad this week, but 
I will I will say that I DVR'd Raw because I teach late on Monday nights, and I'm kind of glad I did DVR'd Raw because it was very nice to fast forward through a bunch of stuff this week. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> as happy as I was to see Shawn Michaels, I wasn't all that thrilled to see a segment with him and Rusev, and yet another week of doing Rusev, so it was fun to uh, fast forward to that. Um, I don't understand what's happening with the cruiserweights on Raw, so fast forward through that. I will say I was happy to see Jericho uh, get the U.S. title. Uh, I mean, there's we can say so many great things about Jericho, and so it's nice to see him win what, if I understand correctly, was the one title he hadn't won yet. Really? That's correct. Yeah, he's but, never won a U.S. Cha- U.S. title. I have it on yeah. W? N- never. Wow, interesting. Okay. But... um. But I thought SmackDown definitely won the week, though. SmackDown's been, SmackDown's been great for a few weeks now. Uh, I like what's happening with the Wyatts. Uh, Baron Corbin is definitely sort of moving up the ladder and having good showings every week. And his match with Cena was pretty good. So I would say SmackDown won. Chief James, how about you, man? Did you feel the same way? I know WWE had tough competition going with the national championship game on Monday. <laughs> But normally they bring out their best, you know, television against uh, primetime performances. Um, who would you say got the win this week between Raw and SmackDown? Well, when it comes to Monday night, um, the BCS Championship definitely won a much more exciting or world-class game. But as far as Raw and SmackDown, also, SmackDown, again, the pacing was better um, and just the dynamics of everything that happened. Um, Raw kind of fell flat on his face with some, I would say – just some dead beats and some really like quiet points in the pacing. Like and the whole Braun, first of all, everything with Braun Strowman has been really good. So that's their high points. Right. Um, but um, Enzo and Cass haven't been too exciting to me right now. Um, the whole Shawn Michaels segment didn't do me any good. Rusev all, obviously is always thrown out there um, to interrupt uh, face moments from legends or somebody that's really over. Um, but we got to see Jinder Mahal get squashed by Big Cass, so, you know, w- whatever. Um, we did get what could have been a really potentially good match b- between Neville and Lince Donato, uh, yeah. but also that didn't amount to anything as well, too. Um, it, it, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be more of that down the line. Um, and then there's still a little bit of frenzy in the tag team division that's really not making sense, uh, but with Seamus... Defeating um, Luke Gallows, which wasn't really an impressive match. Uh, the commentary during the match wasn't all that good either. So I don't know. I guess this the high point of Smack. I mean, of Raw was you know Jericho getting the pin over Roman Reigns. Um, I think there's some discussion we, we should have there for a minute. But um, other than that, a SmackDown w- w- was my winner this week. I would agree with you guys and say SmackDown is the winner, too. And two teams, I'm going to actually come right back to that point you just mentioned about Jericho pinning Roman Reigns. One thing I'm going to say, in addition to why I thought Raw is is kind of failing, it's amazing that you have um, the New Day as your longest reigning tag team champs. And now they seem like they're in the, the lowest rated angle, in addition to what Enzo and Rusev are doing, which seems just pointless. And it's amazing that you're going to kill how much fire they had for over a year by putting them in a bad post feud with the title matches. Um, how do you guys feel about that before I talk about uh, Roman uh, being pinned by Jericho? I, um, I don't totally agree. 
with the new day right now. Um, I figured that um, WWE has enough confidence on how hot they have been and the momentum that they carry that um, even they can make a moment with Titus O'Neil bright. And I will say the moments with Titus O'Neil has not been bad, but it still is a big, like what's really happening here. Um, Titus appears to still be in the doghouse, <laughs> and um, you know there's nothing we can do about that. But I will say that that's an interesting entertainment moment, and it's not bad. Now, on the retrospect, of what was bad was you know T.J. Perkins and Shawn Michaels dabbing, oh, um, um, Enzo and Big Cass, uh, you know, doing their whole you know in-ring thing, and Shawn Michaels is looking a little bit out of pace with it. Um, uh, the League of Nations 2.0. It's obviously not good for anyone, but yeah. Um, yeah so I don't, I don't know, man. I think the new day will be fine. The tag team division seems to be in peril. I, we we have to. I'm pretty sure we all can agree with that. But um, yeah, you know that, that's why it's just it, raw. Just hasn't been good because this has. It just seems to be a bunch of like what's really going on, what to do with these guys, sort of thing. What about you, Dr. M? Do you, do you agree with two chains on that New Day? And I'll let you go ahead and start off the convo about how you felt about Jericho pinning Roman Reigns. And uh, that might can trans- transition to our conversation about the Rumble because realize or not, gentlemen, two weeks from Saturday, we'll be in San Antonio. And I think the next – I think they got two more shows before us to go home for San Antonio. Um, but it, we're getting close. Um, so, Dr. M, so New Day, what's your feeling about that? How do you feel about Jericho performing for Roman, and and where do you think that that turns for the Royal Rumble match, or the pay per view rather? So I'm struggling with the New Day angle. I'm I'm just struggling with it because, uh, you know, I'm trying because I'm a big Titus O'Neil fan, and I'm trying to I'm trying to be invested in it, but I I just don't get what's happening. I will say that I was kind of excited at first when Titus O'Neil was doing that whole Xavier Woods is the weak link uh, mm-hmm. idea because. I was hoping that what this would eventually lead to is some tension in the new day and mm-hmm. you know, eventually maybe somewhere middle of this year, Xavier Woods breaks out on his own. Cause I'm, I'm a firm believer that Xavier Woods has a big singles run in him at some point soon. I agree. But it now doesn't seem like we're going in that direction. And now we have three teams, new day, Enzo and Cass and Anderson and Gallows who around this point last year were the hottest things in WWE in terms of tag teams. And I feel like all of them have cooled off Mm -hmm. uh, for various reasons. And so I like two chains suggested I'm worried about the tag team division on raw right now, because everything that was hot is is not hot anymore. Right. Uh, But I will say that in in terms of Jericho winning was very happy to see that um, nothing productive was happening with the U S title. And, um, you know, I always think it's better for a heel to hold a belt uh, because it just makes more sense for a face to be chasing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think we can definitely say Jericho is at least a top candidate for MVP in WWE right now. Right. And so I think he deserves the belt. I'm glad he got an actual semi clean pin over Roman on Raw. And I'm excited to see where, you know, what he's going to do with that championship. And just to add to your point, now it's three and a half heels on Raw that have championships. Um, Kevin Owens being a heel, Chris Jericho being a heel. With the tag team members, um, it's kind of half heel, half face. But um, they can go heel at any moment. And then you got Charlotte as your heel for the women's title. So that's a very interesting component where 
You have a lot of heels having titles right now, one showing. Do you have enough faces to chase it? That's going to be the question going forward with that. Um, take that and, and see where, um, I guess, Raw is on that. And let's think about who's been entered in the Rumble. Entered, of course, we got Brock Goldberg, Undertaker, all in. On SmackDown side, we have uh, Baron Corbin confirmed. I'm not sure of who else is confirmed on the SmackDown. Dean Ambrose, The Miz, and Dolph Ziggler. Okay. Uh, confirmed. So that's only about 10 members that they confirmed so far, but a lot of powerhouse has gone to Undertaker. A lot of powerhouse has gone to Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, two chains. How do you see this Royal Rumble match coming? Now, we already got three classic members, per se, if you want to count Brock being part-time as a classic person under that name. And then, of course, you got Goldberg Undertaker. Um, do you see potential surprises coming in maybe to this Rumble? Or how do you see this thing shaping out for 30 members? Um, I, I don't see any surprises. One, because of the fact that um, last year we didn't have any. Um, right. And I feel like maybe WWE may be listening to Paul Heyman. What Paul Heyman said, instead of um, putting in a surprise, in, in, a surprise, uh, ooh, I'm getting participants, um, actually announce the people and build them up. So mm-hmm. um, I think maybe that's the approach they're going to take this year, and they're going to bank off the big names that's already been, you know, said now. The the post, the official post has already been um, advertised. So you know, maybe they feel like that's enough to make it, you know, um, just a, a quality pay per view as it is. Um, but you know, as far as how I see the Royal Rumble going, I, I'm just not quite sure. It is a lot of powerhouses and. Uh, like I spoke about last night, um, when you have these big guys, these big bruiser guys, you kind of look in the Royal Rumble to see, like, who is going to eliminate who, who's going to be the stronger of the crew. You know, you're going to have a Goldberg across from Brock Lesnar, so you know that's going to be epic. But, you know, you you add Roman Reigns to it. You know, who who who's going to stand up against him? Would a shield eliminate somebody together? So, you know, at this moment, I, I have no clue as far as the storylines that's going to be built within the the rumble, besides the obvious of Goldberg and Brock, but, um, you know, we can talk about who I potentially think is going to win moving forward from that. So Dr. M, what about you? How do you feel this thing is shaping up? Are you still having your excitement level? Um, are you okay with no surprise participants? If the Royal match, Royal rumble match goes that way. Um, I'm very excited for the rumble so far. I mean, I like like two chains, was mentioning, you know, with Heyman, I like that they're announcing powerhouses in the Rumble this year. Uh, the, the Rumble is is looking stacked, and obviously WWE is trying to fill that Alamo Dome, right? But um, that wasn't right. Sixty K is that what they announced? That's going to be there. That's what I think they hope to be there. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I like the idea of them announcing it, and I like how they're stacking the Rumble. Um, the Rumble feels more important i mean it always feels important but there's an extra feeling of importance this year and i still think there's going to be one or two surprise surprises because i feel like you kind of you kind of need it this year wwe kind of needs a spark in the rumble this year and so i think there's going to be one or two surprises but um most people we know uh, for the most part um what I will say is that I would not at all want to be on the creative team that has to book this Royal Rumble match. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. You have 
there's so much work to do because you have guys like Baron Corbin in the Royal Rumble who has all the momentum in the world right now. Even with him losing to Cena, I don't think that really hurts his momentum. But you have to make him look strong. You've got Brock and Goldberg in there. They have to look strong. Roman's going to be in there. He has to have a good showing. So many people in this match are such kind of high caliber and high high quality superstars right now. Everybody has to have a good showing. So I have no idea how this match is going to be booked, and I would not want to be on the team booking the match. Um, at one point, I, I really wished that the final four of the Rumble was somewhat similar to the year that uh, I think Del Rio won, and it was him and Santino as the last two. <laughs> I feel like it would be great for the Rumble to do something like that this year. Someone completely unexpected to make it to the final four or the final two. And for a while, I wanted that to be James Ellsworth, right? <laughs> I, had, I had this grand idea that James Ellsworth was going to be in the final four of the Rumble just to troll all those fans in that arena. But now they have James Ellsworth with Carmella, so I don't think that's going to work. Right. right. But um, I think there's a lot of room to be creative with it. But again, I just wouldn't, wouldn't you know, want to be the one trying to book this thing. So, dude, go ahead. I want you to predict, Doctor, and give me your potential final four. I know this is still t- two weeks out. Anything that happened with the last two shows or two weeks before the Rumble match, um, who would be your fantasy final four or final two? Don't give us a one. They're just your final four or final two. Well, I'll start by saying that I would not have either Brock or Goldberg in the final four. Um, I think they're going to, you know, kind of cancel each other out. They're going to – someone's going to eliminate the other one and then, you know – tension and whatnot building to the WrestleMania match. Um, yeah, go ahead, too, James. If you don't have them in your final four, then when you have them entering, considering that everybody said they're going to be late participants within the late 20s. So if it's 30 people and one person is 25, that automatically makes them in the 24. I mean, in the last four. I say one, two. Oh, geez. I say put them one, two. And that and that that time where they're just staring at each other, that's going to kill the 90 seconds before that third person come out. And whoever but, you, but you don't want to do that because they're not going to stare at each other. And also, you're taking away from match uh, possibilities. We've already seen the match once, and they know it's money to be made. Goldberg has already been um, advertised for Fastlane if you've been um, hitting the sheets. So um, there, there's obviously a match to be made there. And then obviously he um, is contracted through WrestleMania, so there's a match to be there. So in theory, if I'm a moneymaker, Goldberg is not facing Brock Lesnar in fast on fast lane. He's going to face him at the Rumble. I mean at the, at the uh, WrestleMania, which means that potentially you need Goldberg to be eliminated by somebody that makes sense for him to work. Mm-hmm. So the question is now, who's this other person, and where do you put him in the in the uh, when do you put him in a rumble? Now, granted, you know, you got to go a powerhouse. So he has to take down somebody else. That's a bigger powerhouse. Braun yep. Strowman seems like a candidate there, but you don't want to mess up his momentum currently. So what'd you think? So that's a great question. Um, I will say going back to um, two chains, original question. I would probably have Goldberg and Brock come in somewhere in the teens. One of them would be number 20, I think. And, um, but I would probably like around the the last few minutes of the match, uh, I think both of them 
would be out. Uh, I don't how it would happen. Again, I don't know. I wouldn't want to book this thing, right? But I would have them come in somewhere in the late teens, early twenties, and um, you know have their their few minutes where they dominate everybody, um, and then kind of move on from them. But final four, Taker definitely is in the final four. Okay, for me, um, Baron Corbin would be in the final four. Um, who else? I have a feeling Roman Reigns is going to be in the final four because you know why wouldn't why 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 wouldn't he be? Okay. Not that I want him there, but I feel like he's going to be there. And um, man, that fourth person. Let's talk about let's talk about that for a second. Why why you're thinking? So, back to Raw for a second. Um, two two things that we haven't touched on: the Undertaker obviously making his appearance. The Undertaker saying he has no show affiliation. He does what he wants, goes where he wants, answers to nobody. Um, so he enters the Royal Rumble. Um, obviously, he said that uh, WrestleMania no longer defines his career, mm-hmm. but he wants to win the Rumble to be back in the main event. So that that's that. So the Undertaker winning potentially means that he can face whoever he wants. And this also means if he loses, he still can face whoever he wants. So. Sure. The Undertaker booking is a little bit weird because of the fact of, you know, he can potentially just fall into the place, whatever they need to happen. Such mm-hmm. sort of say how, you know, Shane McMahon kind of filled in for the unplanned match that did happen. So, right. okay. So you go to the main event now and you have Chris Jericho winning the U.S. championship, which is an awesome thing for everybody. He deserved it. Great 2016, you know, this this solidifies the year for me for him. He gets the championship he never had. It's a surreal moment. I also like the point that Sellers brought up that numerous heels do uh, hold championships right now, which also mm-hmm. kind of makes you think that if they can carry it out all the way into WrestleMania, you have a really feel good type of WrestleMania where all the faces potentially could win over. Hope that's not the booking, but you know whoever. I, and it also may you know make WrestleMania. And on a high note, as vice versa, where it did not last year with uh, Roman Reigns being booed out of Texas. So um, not to jump around so much. Um, so now Chris Jericho, uh, Roman Reigns loses the championship, but that puts him into the rumble. Do you think there's mm-hmm. not no curiosity there that, oh, wow, if he had the championship, he would not have been in the rumble because he probably would have had to defend it. At Roar, at the Royal Rumble, but now that he's out, now that he's uh, now that he's uh doesn't have the championship, now he's in the picture. I think that is a grand scheme of booking to have him relevant, maybe potentially win the Royal Rumble, since uh clearly when he had the U.S. Championship, he didn't even defend it anyway. He was in the uni- the uh Universal Championship picture the entire time, so maybe that is exactly what happens, you know. I, and I, it's plausible, but I would think that would be very lazy, lazy, lazy booking. And that would turn more people off to boo like they did uh, Bautista a couple of years when he run the Rumble. And and I hope, I hope they don't do that for Roman. Um, but still want to get back to Dr. M's fourth member because um, who, who, who are you thinking about that fourth person being in that final four, though? So um, two chains made me sort of confirm that my fourth person would be Jericho. And I would say my f- my fifth person would be Seth Rollins because I think they're finally gonna pull the trigger at the Rumble with uh, Triple H and Rollins and start building that for WrestleMania. 
I think Rollins will be, you know, number five from the finish line and Triple H is going to screw him over, set that up. But I would have Jericho in the final four too, because one of the best things WWE has been doing is this very slow build with, between him and a, a potential match with, with KO. Mm-hmm. And um, I could see something going down where Jericho is in that final four. Or KO kind of comes out and is like, you know, what are you doing? Right, trying to face me at WrestleMania. And, and something goes down where J- KO ends up causing costing Jericho the match. Right, Easy way to set up that potential storyline. So that would be my final four. Jericho, Roman, Baron Corbin, and Undertaker. That's, it. That's an interesting. So who are your final two? Would that be uh, Roman and Undertaker is your final two? Uh, I wouldn't do that because... If we're trying to have Roman be a face, he's going to get booed out of the building. Um, so, well, I mean, it could go one way because I've long thought Roman should go heel, but I feel like that ship sailed last year when, you know, they sent the Usos to SmackDown because that could have been a great heel stable. Um, man, I don't know. I, I mean, I could see WWE going that way. Roman and Taker is the final two. Um I, I could see a case for, for Baron Corbin being in the final two. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. And I mean, I think because the Rumble is so stacked this year that it is harder to predict than ever. I feel like in past years, we could easily pinpoint like two or three people that would probably win it, right? But this year, I think we could make a case for at least 10 people winning the Rumble. We're, li- I'm, we're losing your sound just a little bit. Seems like you're shuffling a little bit. I didn't hear that last point. Well, I was just saying that in past years, it seemed like we could easily predict two to three people that would probably win the Rumble. But this year, because the Rumble is so stacked and because we have all these storylines going back and forth, that we could make a case for at least 10 people that would have a legitimate chance of winning the Rumble. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's it's great. Um, like Sally said last year, the Rumble is the is where you start creating and building your storylines, moving into WrestleMania. And um, last year there was not much, um, not much certainty. But this year we definitely know there's going to be some mixing up and uh, potentially good storylines. Um, um, I know. I know. Earlier, we said we didn't think there was going to be any surprise interests, uh, and I and I think we're just kind of more or less speaking towards like um, legends or you know p- people from uh, other promotions coming. But I think we definitely do see Finn Balor return here, and I think that's enough to speak to uh, the surprise element and also to bring some more stardom to it. Sucks that he's not on a poster, but I definitely think we do see him. I got another surprise entrance for you too, and I'm calling it at 15 that you will have a returning Mr. Kennedy for your Rumble. Uh, I haven't heard anything about this man in so long. I think he sneaks in, and and hopefully, if he does come in correctly, him on the SmackDown brand as like a mid card heel um, that you can add to the fold for that Intercontinental Championship, and he'll probably talk his way up. Of course, that's just my fantasy booking. But um, I, hey, if he comes in that 15, I may mark out because I, I feel like Kennedy needs to make a return and some splash to some major wrestling promotion. But two chains, what about your final four? Who, who do you think will probably end up being your 
Royal Rumble Final Four for 2017? I think you definitely have Undertaker there. Um, I like to see Braun Strowman in in the Final Four. Um, I think Seth Rollins makes sense as well. And I also think that... um, Hmm... I think you have a fourth person, somebody really, really, really under the radar that needs some building up. Um, would, not would a big bruiser. What, huh? what about that returning Finn Balor? As you, as I, I do like Finn Balor in the fourth position, and I also like Finn Balor to eliminate Roman Reigns. Okay. Oh, I, I, like, I like that. I like them to pick up where he left off at. Would, would you have Finn Balor come out as one or two with that grand entrance as a return? Okay, so here's the big, here's the big question, <laughs> and I'm about to post this as a poll as soon as we're done. But who will have the longest entrance coming in the Royal Rumble between the Undertaker, Goldberg, and Finn Balor, and <laughs> and will we see somebody get lapped upon coming in their entrance? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think in that case, the Undertaker will have to be number thirty in that case because I I can't see anybody lapping the Undertaker. And that's why I have to see Goldberg maybe as like a one or two because with his interest, you got to see him come out with, with his whole security guard and crew or whatever. <laughs> you got to. Too, will be very interesting too. And that's, and that's a great thing as Dr. M always mentioned about the Rumble. You always get these interesting matchups that you want to make sure you book it very carefully with creative because <laughs> even uh, uh, AJ and Kevin Owens' touch from last year was great. When Sami Zayn had eliminated Owens, that was that was great. You know, those little small storylines that happens in an hour and 15 or an hour and whatever long, you know, Royal Rumble match that happens is great. So we have to, though, creative has to be very careful. We're not creative, but creative has to be very careful with that. But go ahead, two teams. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't like, I don't like anybody that is a certain could win to be in those late numbers. Um, I don't know. I like to see somebody like Farfetch, like Adrian Neville, as number thirty or something like that. Right. But what, um, Undertaker in late late thirties, uh, late twenties. I mean, for sure. What position won it last year? Do you guys remember like what number entrant run it last year? I have no idea. Uh, who run it? Roman Reigns? No, no. Triple H won it at thirty. <laughs> at 30. Well, he did win it at thirty. And I know they always throw those little Royal Rumble stats of who won's at thirty or who won at two or who was the longest person in there. Just, just quick, quick guesses. Pick a pick a number range, one through ten, ten through twenty. Twenty, Doctor M. What do you think your winner comes in at this year? Oh, probably twenty through thirty. Twenty through thirty. <laughs> Two chains would yeah. uh Twenty-five. It seems to be a hot number. Twenty-five. Okay, but go ahead, Two chains. You still haven't filled up that fourth person yet. Didn't mean to break that up. Um. I don't know. Like I said, it's gonna it's gonna be somebody very, very, very surprising. I mean, look, I would not be surprised if James Ellsworth makes it in the final four just for giggles, you know? Right. That's but, fact. So I, I don't know. Just somebody that somebody that's there that's gonna give the, the fans, you know, something to kind of be excited about, but you know, whatever. Well, we still got two more weeks to try to to figure this out. But once again, I think Raw and SmackDown next week will definitely be huge to try to gear up more p- confirmed people um, and actual predictions as we can do that for future shows. But let's make the, the next transition to the biggest announcement that WWE had this week. 
the return of WrestleMania 34 to New Orleans. And WrestleMania was just there for 30, so four years later it comes to New Orleans. And of course, by Dr. M.I. Uh, D. Wayne, WrestleMania 30 New Orleans, we thought it was a great venue, a great city to have it. Everything was 20 minutes or less walking distance. It wasn't like we was in Dallas walking all over and driving all over the place. No need to rent a car, anything. New Orleans is just a flat-out great place to do it. Two Chains is going to be definitely looking forward to going down uh, this time. Um, so my, my question is, and which is going to be an interesting question, uh, and I'll go last on this. Who can say why New Orleans is a great selection for Mania? And, and Two Chains, I'm going to actually start with you. Why, why are you excited about New Orleans being a great selection for WrestleMania 34? And I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. My uh, answer is going to be why I think it's not the best way. Well, I don't, have, I don't have any experience with the city, so I wouldn't know. But just from what you guys said, I, I can tell you, but better yet, I'll let you speak to your own points. Better yet, what, what I'm looking forward to is a city that is uh, kind of knit tight, uh, excuse me, as far as um, everything for location-wise. Texas, um, the Cowboys Stadium was, was phenomenal. It was a, the best piece of architecture I've probably ever been in. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything was so spaced out 30 minutes this way, 30 minutes this way, 30 minutes this way. Did not like the Texas Rose, and you know, it was just hard for um people to get around, especially people who did not have vehicles. But we did, and um, at the end of the day, it just was hard commute wise, right? Um, you know, other fans expressed that their discomfort in trying to get to events and, um, you know, uh, their commuting hotel locations and, you know, being able to get into the city and stuff like that. Everybody had, you know, their their true sense, you know, in regard to that. So in the perfect world, I just look for a city that is um, exciting, um, that all the events can be very central, um, not too far from each other, and um, maybe some public transportation that can aid as well. But if not, you know, there's always Uber or Lyft to get around. But just just some place that just makes it easier for uh, the fans to navigate. I would, you know, I can obviously say that um, someplace like Las Vegas, because, you know, everything will be on the strip and that's not far or hard to get away to everything, which, you know, I would not be surprised if, you know, something was at that new T-Mobile arena very soon since that just, you know, got built about a year ago. Right. But, um, that's just what I look forward to. And, um, you know, I let you speak to your points. But, you know, hopefully if New Orleans can uh, supply that, I, it should be a good time. Doc M, how about you? Are you feeling excited about New Orleans coming or bringing New Orleans, bringing WrestleMania back to New Orleans, right? Excuse me. Uh, are you excited about that as you return? Definitely excited. Um, I will say that I, I was hoping to have a new location, not because I don't like New Orleans, but because I I hope to one day get to see some other places. Like I've long wanted WrestleMania to one day be in Lucas Oil Stadium Stadium Mm -hmm. in Indianapolis, Mm -hmm. right? Or these other big stadiums that I will never go to for any other reason, right? Um, But nonetheless, excited for us to be back in New Orleans. New Orleans is like two chains brought out and like what you said, Celis, really kind of the ideal city for, for wrestling fans. It's very walkable and um, so much to do, right? The food, like can't oh. say enough about the food in New Orleans, right? Oh. Um, 
you'll, you're bound to find, find something you like. Um, hopefully you like Cajun food though. And, um, obviously, uh, bourbon street is, is enough reason to go to new Orleans by itself. Right. And so, um, I, th- I think it's it's a perfect city to host WrestleMania. I'm excited to go back, in part because just the energy in the city. Like when we went for WrestleMania 30, I mean, such a small walkable city like New Orleans that was filled with thousands of usually drunk wrestling fans. Like <laughs> you, you just felt the energy from the day you got there to the day we went back to the airport. And I mean, we, I think we felt that sometimes in in Texas too, right? But it was definitely stronger in New Orleans. So I'm looking forward to that again. Absolutely, and I agree with you. The, 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 how many yes chants did we hear when we was standing on the top of the restaurants or on those little double deckers that they had? It was just a great atmosphere, and everybody was so nice and friendly. The city was just great as a host atmosphere, and even uh, oh, the beignets. I I would love to get me another beignet, and it, it, they were so good. But here's my problem, though. This is the second time in four years that WrestleMania has been to New Orleans. And we have so many new stadiums, as, as Dr. M, you just mentioned. They haven't been to Lucas Oil Stadium, Minneapolis, Minnesota, which I'm assuming that would be a great wrestling atmosphere, which you can bring NXT back to the Mall of America just to social nostalgic events as the first WCW Nitro was there. Um, and we're using more outside stadiums. LA is coming up with a new stadium, and now they got two football teams that they're going to share that stadium. Are you going to try to maximize on that opportunity to bring a major wrestling event back to L.A. when you took it away from SummerSlam and brought it to the East Coast? So it's just like so many other cities that and, and even in your backyard, almost, uh, Dr. And with that new Atlanta stadium, what are they going to do with that? And WrestleMania was there for 27 when we was there. Um, are you going to maximize on your newer cities, your newer stadiums, not maximizing on them? Is that a problem with the city not wanting to have WrestleMania in there? Or is that a problem with WWE not making sure they have a good deal? I mean, Philadelphia has been trying to fight for WrestleMania for so long, and they still haven't gotten a bid yet. And and it just makes you think, what behind-the-scenes markers are going to happen for WWE to make sure they can market themselves to continue to get bigger? Because I think back when they had – I'm not sure what WrestleMania number it is – when they went to uh, Glendale, Arizona for that one, we, we said that that was going to be the start of the trend of going to bigger stadiums, bigger stadiums, hosting more – and now that they capped at 32 with the biggest uh, WrestleMania event ever, where do you go from there? And, and that's, what, that's what I'm wondering uh, what's going to happen. So it's just going to be interesting to see. Nothing against the city of New Orleans. But WWE, what are you going to do to make yourself global? Even if it was a WrestleMania in London, what are you going to do with that? Is that a possibility? Um, so it's just so much stuff that, that WWE can do. I know we haven't talked about the, um, the United Kingdom tournament. Is that something that you guys are – looking to see this weekend? Well, one thing I'll, I'll just add to what you were saying, Celis, is that I think one of the, the, the problems with WrestleMania is just because it takes place in late March, early April, right? Um, a lot of places up north, <clears throat> up north are still freezing <laughs> at that oh. time, right? Oh. And part of me thinks that even though they did that one WrestleMania at MetLife Stadium, mm-hmm. Part of me still thinks that WWE much prefers to be somewhere that's warm uh, for WrestleMania, which is why so many are in the South, right? Mm-hmm. Um, although, you know, if you're a true wrestling fan, you'll put on a jacket, right? And and right. You'll, you'll brave it like anyone else does at football games or whatnot, right? Yep. And so that's not really a great excuse, but I feel like WWE probably thinks that. Right. You know, 
you know, with the the weather being the factor, you just want to make sure that you can get your fans into the city. After that, it, you know, it's, it's all fair games. But you know, you don't want to chance uh, any any type of traveling or um, any type of basically commute, um, you know, issues or delays or anything. So. But I, I don't know. I, I would like to. I would really like to see Philly get a bit, like you said. They've been trying to get in for a while. Um, and St. Louis was also was very considerable this year too, considering now they don't even have a football team. So exactly, and that's a dome stadium as well. Yeah. But who knows? So I don't. I don't know. We we jumped around a little bit. Who do, who do you guys got as your main event for WrestleMania this year? Oh, I think it depends on the Rumble match for me. Um, just hearing you guys with your book, and I know I didn't pick my Final Four. I honestly can't. I definitely think Taker will be in there, and I would agree with Dr. M that Brock – and you too, too, James – that Brock and um, and Goldberg will be out because I think they have to do something non-title related for Mania. Um, and I actually think this will be a, a Hall of Fame walk for, for Goldberg as well. I think this is part of that 2K deal and him getting the Mania. I think this is part of a um, – Fame bid for him, and I think he will be the headliner for that. Um, but I think the taker will be there. I, I like the Finn Balor pick of of sneaking in there as a strong face who is on Raw coming back from injury. That would bring an epic pop. Um, but if I honestly had to put my money on it now, I would say John Cena and the Undertaker for um, the WWE title. I agree. That's my pick as well. And then you think about the two names you have them all over all your billboards and all your magazines and everything and the people that's going to do your press tours. First of all, the Undertaker's been do- undercoverly been doing a lot of press. Yep. So um, I, I, I just see that making sense. And John Cena, like, how do you not have him in the main event considering he's hosting this, this movie, there, there, there. Like, it just only makes sense. And I, look, like I said last night, I don't care if that match is five minutes. Bunny makers the highlight. And, mm-hmm. and every all the other stuff can fall into place. They're not going to give you a six star match, that's for sure. But nonetheless, you know, you <laughs> you just still you make them as your marketable two people. The Undertaker, everybody can relate to him. And if you can't relate to the Undertaker, you sure everybody can knows John Cena. So you can't go wrong there. And I think Cena, whoever Cena faces at WrestleMania, I will add to it. I think he will either lose that night or the next night after because he does have to. Fil- he does. He will have to film this new movie that he just got signed up for. Um, so I don't expect him to hold that championship long, but that would be a great thing for a storyline purpose. 16-time champion John Cena carries the belt into WrestleMania, et cetera. Uh, Dr. M, what do you think? Who, who do you think will headline or be that main event for Mania? Oh, man, I have no idea, honestly. But, um, I mean, I think you guys are probably right that it'll be Cena and Taker. Um, right now, I'm not all that interested in seeing that match. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like who knows when when Taker's last WrestleMania match will be now, because uh, every year I think it's going to be his last match, and then he comes back. Right. But I I feel like we need to be getting to a point soon where Taker does finally have that match where he kind of gives you know that young guy the the rub, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I could see Taker facing either Cena. Uh, I would love to see Taker and AJ Styles. Um, I would also definitely be supportive of Taker versus Baron Corbin, right? We have Baron Corbin who is, you know, 
you know, constantly claiming now that he deserves to be in the main event scene, and I think he does. Right. What, what better way to really show us as fans that WWE is invested in Baron Corbin by putting him in a marquee match with The Undertaker? Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see that working very well. So, right, yeah, right now I have no idea what the main event's going to be. Um, yeah, I, I wish I could predict, but I can't. <laughs> it's going to be interesting, and I think, well, at least for me, it doesn't change the fact that I'm not regretting in that, you know, I'm not going to WrestleMania 33, but at least right now, and as D-Wayne talked about a lot, WWE's opened up their new Hall of Fame in Orlando. Um, this gives a great opportunity for WWE to make a splash in basically their home state where they develop their talent. Um, even though their studios and stuff are based out of uh, Connecticut and everything, and, and that's their capital up there. But Florida is really their domain of how they develop their wrestlers and how they, you know, get their, their product going. Um, so I think it would be a great opportunity to make sure that this WrestleMania is, is not a disappointment in Orlando. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how, once again, how WWE, and, and I'm going to claim it off you, Dr. M, um, has to be very careful how they be creative and trying to go to Fastlane or book the Rumble and head to Mania because it's going to be a big opportunity. Absolutely. Well, as we as we get ready to wrap up, fans, um, just on this episode, uh, gentlemen, any closing uh, arguments? Two James, I'll start with you. Anything that we need to add um, before we uh, go? No, uh, just you know, I'm, uh, just make sure everybody uh, to you guys too. Um, basically, UK tournament comes on Saturday and Sunday. Yep. Uh, have your eyes peeled. Should be good. Excellent, excellent call. Uh, Dr. M, any closing arguments from your end? Uh, no, I would just echo what, what Two Chains said. I'm looking forward to this UK tournament. Um, interesting that they're doing it over two days, right, as opposed to sort of spreading it out like the CWC. So I'm yep. interested to see how everything just unfolds. And what time does it actually start? Because I know it's it's in the UK. So is what time is it going to actually go live for us here? I think it's three o'clock Eastern Standard Time. I, I keep getting that confused, but I think it's three Eastern Standard Time. And and um to Doctor M's point, it's going to be live. So right, there's the difference between that and the CWC. Um, you know, what was pre-recorded at full sale at times, but this will be live, and uh, it's just going to be interesting to see it. First of all, I think this is great. Great opportunity for the UK, um, an opportunity that WWE has at hand to maybe have, um, or as they say, they will be having um, live television, uh, live, tele- live television, live um, programming each week. So to see the success of this can only mean for better things. And um, also other big tournaments so, such as on the indie scenes like the PWG Battle of L.A., um, also do tournaments sort of say like two to three days. So um, it's definitely a style that's adaptable and I think it's going to be good. Excellent call. Excellent call. Well, on behalf of uh, all the gentlemen, especially Aaron and D Wayne in their absence, uh, that's Dr. M Two James. I'm silly. Sellers myself. Fans. Thanks for joining us. You know how to always contact and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And it always comes up, you know, we always be ready to communicate with you. So, um, until next time, we'll be back here probably on next Thursday and, and maybe next Wednesday, too. We can probably do a special show. Just be on the lookout for us, and we'll be chatting in. Take care, guys.